Happy 10th anniversary, Larry. It's the 10th episode of American Retropie. We did it. Is it the 10th? Yes, it's the 10th. Oh. Precisely okay. the 10th episode. I did not plan this out as strategically as I would have liked because I had a different idea for a 10th episode. It also happens to be the start of October. And every October, I'm George Brundle, by the way. Every October, uh, I sit down and I play nothing but scary games. Uh, and so I thought that this month, the best thing to do would be to kind of carry that into the podcast and only talk about... I am Larry Davis. I already said your name. You don't need what? to say your Yeah, at the start of the episode. I'm not paying attention. Are you feeling okay? We're not going to be done with this. <clears throat> not for years. This was a mistake. Happy 10th episode, bitch. How many more to go? Uh, like 250. No. Roughly. No, because no, we're doing it's, a, no, a two no, no, and no, most. No. Look, actually, it, when I planned it out, it's like we got two more years. We got a long way to go. So... Because it's uh because it's our tenth anniversary episode, uh, I wanted to at least still do something nice is. for you. Say what? It's not what an anniversary is. It's, it's the tenth anniversary, Larry. We made it ten it's episodes. Not, I'm not, very happy. I wish you could get happy about this too. It's not the tenth anniversary. I got you a gift. Oh, what did you get me? I did something nice for you. Can you just let me do something okay. nice? for can I right. use this as an excuse? Sure. Okay, what? I, because this is Spooktober, the start of this month-long series of scary games that we're doing, I picked out, to begin this, two scary games that I know are very near and dear to you and that you have been aching to talk about. Okay, I so, don't like spooky games, so I find this hard to believe, but what is oh, it? Oh, you'll, you'll believe it, but... Before I get into that, I also wanted to uh, bring up one other thing. Uh, it's something that I've noticed with this podcast, uh, that at best what we discuss seems to become relevant in a coincidental way shortly afterwards, or like at worst, we're actually willing things into existence when we talk about them. Right. Uh, uh, are you talking about um, how maybe because of your brain patterns talking or thinking about spooky games, uh, Sid Haig died? <laughs> that that actually might be the case. Uh, that's something to add on to the pile. Uh, I was going to say that, yeah, rest in peace, Sid Haig. Um, I was going to say that, for example, we talked about Aladdin on the Genesis in the Super Nintendo, and like shortly after that, they announced that that was getting another physical release. Uh, we talked about Deadly Premonition, and then a few days later, they announced the port for the Switch. Oh, uh, yeah. We talked in. Well, we talked about Power Rangers, but like in private, I joked that the description should be Zed's dead, and then the actor actually died. Yeah. Um this podcast, ten episodes deep, we might be irresponsible for two deaths. I don't know. Great. Um uh, but these coincidences are eerie, uh, which certainly fits into the theme of Spooktober. Uh, but I genuinely fear that we may inadvertently summon a sequel to today's two games, because while you like them very much, I do not. Uh, I think these two games are terrifyingly awful, uh, and that by the grace of God, we are spared in these modern times 
a sequel to Arrow, Arrow the Acrobat, the Acrobat yes. or Arrow the Acrobat yeah. 2. <laughs> You know it's a bit though, right? Like I don't actually like Arrow the Acrobat. <laughs> Happy 10th anniversary! This is for you. Hooray! It is for you. We have to talk about them now, and I have so much to say because when I was like looking up information for Arrow the Acrobat, I started to find out shit I did not want to know. I have forbidden knowledge now. I mean, you can never okay, unknow but... it. Too. No. That's the thing. Yeah. With me forever. Um, did you actually like play either of these back in the day? Or... Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I told you. Like the theme of it is the reason that I knew uh, the guy who would later steal Tomba. Oh, that's right. I told that story here. Okay, I remember now. Um, yeah, I, I mostly remember seeing like advertisements for Era the Acrobat. And then it was one of those things where just seeing it in magazines a whole bunch and then going to, like, the Blockbuster, just picking it up and actually trying it. And I hated it uh, back in the day, too, because I couldn't get past, like, the first world of that game. I remember thinking it was okay at the time, and then later I replayed them and it was like, boy, this is bad. Oh, God, yeah, they are. Uh, so... I, I, I think I want to kind of get into some of the stuff that I found out about this game before I quite get into, like, what playing it is like. Uh, when this uh, was released, and this is absolutely insane to me, it was critically well-received. Really? EGM gave it an 8 out of 10 <laughs> on the Super Nintendo and a 7.6 on the Genesis. That... GamePro gave every version a 4 out of 5. That might be why I liked it at the time. Because yeah. I read EGM and GamePro. And so I was probably like, uh, well, if they say it's good, it must be. Oh, sure. Like, th that is a. That was a huge contributing factor for me going out and getting the games that I would want to get, is just based on what I would read about them in magazines and what, you know, the reviews would end up saying. Which, like, nowadays is a lot less the case. Like, I, I feel people either just outright don't trust reviews or they don't care. Yeah. Um, um, and sometimes, like, the hype machine can be baffling. Sure. Like, uh, Untitled Goose Game, which I played, and it's all right. Yeah, I saw, like, a little bit of footage from that where, like, you knock down a guy and you steal his glasses. And, like, that seemed fun, but not $20 fun. Yeah, that's basically it in a nutshell. Uh, oh. When it is in a humble bundle or something, I highly recommend it. Until then, nah, nah. It's like an hour and a half long, and there's not really much to it. It's funny though. Yeah, it it seems like a it, it seems more like Goat Simulator to me is kind of the impression that I got, like a top down. Uh, a little well, Goat Sim Goat Simulator is not top down. Um, no, I'm saying like this is a top-down version of Goat Simulator. Oh, yeah, kind of. Is, is it's, the impression? It's less overtly wacky in the way mm -hmm. Goats. I like see what you will about Goat Simulator. It had a bunch of like weird Easter eggs and stuff in it that you could find, and Goose Game does not. Yeah. 
But yeah, no, like like today, I think a lot of people either kind of just already know what they want when a game is announced, or it's a lot of the YouTube thing of just, I'm going to go watch somebody play the game for like an hour and then see whether or not that's something I want. And that, I think, is honestly the better way to do it than to have reviews. Because when you have reviews, then people say Arrow the Acrobat is a good game. And they try to tell you why, and I feel that's a lot less effective than if you watch somebody play Arrow the Acrobat, you would not want to play Arrow the Acrobat. No, you'd just be like, oh, you can jump and do a dash, but you can only dash in diagonal directions, which seems like it would really make this a pain to play. Yeah. Also, just like the whole way that the game is uh, structured, because it's like this objective-based kind of platformer thing. And it wasn't even objective-based in the way they wanted it to be. Like the original design documents were, were more like, do this circus trick, like jump on this trampoline and do what? this trick. Yeah, yeah. It, like Arrow had moves and stuff that they cut out of the game, huh. uh, and instead it just became like, jump on every trampoline in the level. Uh, also, the levels all the... are like mazes, like every yeah, one. They're, they're all labyrinthine. Labyrinth, lab, labyrinthine? Labyrinthine. Labyrinthine, thank you. Um, I don't say words. It's bad when you have to take pronunciation <laughs> advice from a mushmouth like me. <laughs> yeah, <it is>. Um, <laughs> Come on, you didn't have to agree. <laughs> I... Yeah, like, I actually, that's the reason I could never get past the first level is because those were the ones that were more maze-like in the way that they were laid out. The other levels actually get a, lit, a lot more uh, linear. These levels and so get I found, lit. Like, <laughs> that's right. No, you get in the roller coaster on one level. That's it's right. like playing a really fucking bad version of the Donkey Kong, like, minecart levels. Oh, I was going to say that uh, the Joker boss fight in the Batman Super Nintendo game. Oh, that sucks so much. What? No, it's good. You punch the bombs back at him. No, I hated it. Uh, Uh. I can never get it right. Anyway, uh, I also wanted to mention that Nintendo Life, uh, this is why I asked you what the name of that magazine you read was, because for a moment my uh, brain got super fried because I thought about Arrow the goddamn acrobat for too long. Did you think a magazine I was subscribing to in 2019 via Patreon uh, reviewed... Arrow the Acrobat back in 1993? No, I because this is a more contemporary review, because this oh. ended up on like the 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 Wii shop or something like that at some point. Oh. Uh okay. and so they gave it a they gave it a six out of ten, which is still six points higher than it should be. Ah. Uh, but also like everything you've described about that magazine of just having absolutely nothing to write about because they're solely covering like Nintendo news made me think that yeah they'd have like enough real estate in that magazine one month to review arrow of course they would yeah it's also really cool how um nintendo force has a separate section for downloadable games so they have like reviews in the front of the magazine and in the back which is terrible because the distinction between the two does not make any sense in 2019 yeah i mean reading game magazines as much as i did back in the day the way you always structured that was you'd have like your uh previews at the front you have your news stories in the middle and news in the back and this has like news uh, they also fill up like a lot of space with these comics that they make and the comics are pretty much uniformly terrible 
There's one especially called like Rest Zero, I think, which is unreadable. Like I don't know. Okay, do you remember the website I showed you for Burt Ward's dog food business? I cannot forget, even if I tried. Okay, well, it's so good and it's so bad. Yes, like I we. There'll be a link in the description, but there's a, <laughs> a website. Burt Ward has a dog food business, and the dog food bags are insane. They're just covered wall, like top to bottom, in text and bizarre pictures of him and all of his dogs, and they're photoshopped in a really weird way. I think. Anyway, it's like your local penny saver did a whole lot of blow. Yes, it's just. <sighs> It's horrible. Anyway, it's, that's it's what that comic is like. It's just oh. multicolored text over multicolored backgrounds, and there's text everywhere and characters everywhere, and you don't know who is talking or what they're saying or what you're even looking at. I think to like some degree it's kind of neat that they at least want to put put comics in that thing, since that was such a big part of like gaming magazines back in the '90s. Anyway, like sure. obviously Nintendo Power had their stuff, Echm had Shu and Chan. Uh, oh, you and Chan. Now that was oh, a yeah, like that, yeah, easily the best of those like uh, '90s video game magazine comics with Shu and Chan. But uh, yeah, like it's neat that they want to like replicate that. It's unfortunate that maybe they have one of the worst ones. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if like Game Pro had anything because I would have to assume that whatever Game Pro had would have been awful. There's one they've got running now, which is. Uh... It's like a parody of Dr. Slump, but with Samus instead of a rally or a rail. I, I've never known how you pronounce it. I think, I think it's just a rail. A rail? Yeah. Uh, Don't ask me. Okay. I couldn't even pronounce Labyrinthine. <laughs> what the <laughs> like, fuck do I know? And, like, it's fine. Like, the artist does a good enough job of aping the style, but it's just like, look at all the Nintendo characters. It's Smash Planet. Ugh. That's it. There's... The Nintendo like Force horse, Nintendo Force reviews Smash Brothers DLC and you're never going to guess this but everything gets a 9. Oh, what? Yeah. No. Yeah, shocking. Uh you want to hear uh Wait, here's the best part. Uh, okay. This last issue had on two separate page two pages right next to each other. They reviewed the Sonic Team Racing game that just came out. Well, just like a while ago. Yeah. And on the other page was Crash Team Racing. Never gonna guess which one got the higher score from Nintendo Force. Sonic? Yeah. Because they can't figure... The author straight up admitted he did not know how the boost system in Crash Team Racing worked. That's been like a common thing though. Like I've seen a lot of people just complain a lot about Crash Team Racing and specifically like the boost stuff and it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. The Because the review mentions you alternate the shoulder buttons and no, you don't. Ah. So I... So apparently he did not know how that worked And uh, no wonder he didn't like it then Well To get us back on track a little bit uh, And also to say like So Nintendo Force they're reviewing These DLC characters uh, Speaking of gaming magazines Reviewing characters This is one of the things that hurt me the most 
Uh, EGM named Arrow 1993's best new character. Here are some other characters that were Good. introduced in okay. the year of 1993. I'm glad you did this because I was going to ask. Yes. Fox McCloud. X uh-huh. from Mega Man X. Okay. Sigma. The sure. Doomslayer. Meta Knight. Wait, wait a second. Oh, yeah, I guess Doom. Yeah. Yeah. Metal Sonic. Jax. Mm. Kitana. The car from Daytona, USA. <laughs> and the And the guy who says Ridge Racer. Oh. <laughs> All of these are way better characters than Arrow the Acrobat. In design and in fucking function. What the fuck, EGM? <laughs> <laughs> what the actual fuck is wrong with you people? Look for Fox me. McCloud came out in 93. You're like, oh, I don't know Arrow the Acrobat. I mean, that's a game changer. Look forward to our best new character this year when it's between Ati from uh, Control and and uh bubsy <laughs> that's gonna say the goose from goose game but <laughs> no because that would be, that'd be yeah better. that actually might be fine that makes more sense than arrow yeah oh my god i mean the, the like, equivalent as, as... would be like one of the characters from borderlands 3 oh i as soon as i read that i i like backed up for a moment and i was like okay in 1993, was it just, like, sequels to things, and so, like, all the major characters that were around in the 90s were already around by this point, or, you know, came out 94, 95? And so I had to look up, like, video game characters introduced in 1993, and, like, Sigma, and Fox McCloud, and Metal Sonic, and the Doom Slayer, like, all of these, way better. Like, well, I have no point. idea how they came to that conclusion. Isn't... Doomslayer a different character than Doom Guy? It then that's my bad in writing. It might wrong. be. Yeah. I, but, I'm but Doom not came sure. out in ninety-three. Yeah. And he had that great character portrait at the bottom of the screen at yeah. all times, and that makes him better than Arrow the Act. Exactly. Puts the eyebrow up and looks around. Yeah. That's way better. Um so some other some other stuff I wanted to talk about uh, with Arrow that I discovered. Uh, part of Arrow's promotion was that the first 100 people to send Sunsoft to their home address would get a copy of the game, which is the worst idea for a sweepstakes I've ever <laughs> heard in my life. Well, I mean, it's basically like sending a self-addressed stamped envelope or whatever. Yeah, but like you're getting Arrow the Acrobat. But, That's like, what's com- getting sent back to you. What? I would rather send Burt Ward my address and get a bag <laughs> of his shitty dog food. Hey, his dog food's pretty good. Didn't you see I can make dogs live like 80 years or whatever? <laughs> oh, right. Says. Oh, well, if I eat it, uh, I should be able to live forever. Exactly. Um, mm. But think about all the other harebrained video game sweepstakes or contests or whatever, like the one where uh, you could name your kid Turok. Remember that? I yeah. Name your that kid Turok and you actually... might win a Turok. I remember one contest that I signed up for uh was a Power Rangers contest where they would drive a truck full of Power Rangers uh merchandise to your home and you just oh. get a whole truck of Power Rangers. Yeah, I remember that. Now here it now here's the thing. Saban Entertainment for a time was invested in making an Arrow the Acrobat cartoon. 
Oh no. And the reason why that does not exist is because they passed on it for Power Rangers. There is a theoretical alternate universe where we never got Power Rangers because they made an Arrow the Acrobat cartoon. <laughs> of course. Can you imagine a world, culturally speaking, where we got an Arrow the fucking Acrobat cartoon and they never made Power Rangers? I mean, yeah, I can, because it wouldn't be much different. It would just be that, you know, certain sad people in their 30s would have Arrow the Acrobat toys instead of Power Rangers toys. I sure wish that wouldn't be the case. <laughs> Wait a second, are you telling me that you're personally invested in this? Well, you know. No, I actually think that, like, Power Rangers was such a major thing in the 90s that if that never existed, that actually... Like, that's kind of fun to think about of, like, what would, uh, like, children's shows in the 90s have been without something like Power Rangers? Well, probably not that different, though. Like, you wouldn't have the other tokusatsu, like, spin-off shows. Like, you wouldn't have a big bad Beetleborgs, but instead you would just have more... Exactly! Exactly, Larry! You fucking, you hit it right on the nose! You wouldn't have big bad Beetleborgs. No more VR troopers? That's right. I wanted you to say it instead of me leading you there. What, VR Troopers? That, that we wouldn't have Big Bad Beetleborgs. Oh, That's where okay. I wanted you to go. Heard you watch Be- uh, Big Bad Beetleborgs pretty recently. How'd that go? Not fucking good, that show. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. <laughs> I, thought, ghost. I watched the first episode of that thing, again, because it was on Netflix, and it actually was just like, we saw you watched a bunch of Power Rangers, and just like in the 90s, we think you might like this. Uh, and then just like the 90s, no, I did not. I watched half of that episode and got really frustrated that they weren't getting to the part where the ghost of Jay Leno showed up. Mm-hmm. And so I just like fast forwarded to the end where that happened and then remembered how bad that looked and What's decided not Goober? to watch another episode of the Beetleborgs ever again. His name um, was Goober or something. Hmm? Wasn't his name Goober? I I think so, yeah. Um, there was also Werewolf. There is a bit, like, early on, because like, the whole first episode, they don't become the Beetleborgs. Huh. Well, it's probably, like, two wild. parts. You would have a show like that, and they would not become the thing within the first episode. It was, like, a two-part premiere thing, right? Must have been. It probably was. Um, but, like, there is a, a little bit where they do because the Beetleborgs were a uh, a comic series in-universe, and then they basically just become the characters from the comic. Uh, and so they're reading the Beetleborg comics at the start of the episode because they all hang out in this comic shop. And one of them has, like, this daydream where he saves, like, some princess as the Blue Beetleborg, and then when he's coming out of it, he's like, I wish I was the Blue Beetleborg. And, like... Same. Like, that was the most relatable part of the episode, is I also wish I was the Blue Beetle Board. Only the blue one, specifically? Only the blue one. Like, specifically. That, that was, he was the best one. There were also only, like, three of them. It was, like, blue, red, and green, I think? Probably. I don't know. That, like, with VR Trippers, was one of those weird tokusasus where there was, like, only three leads. And, like, yeah. at this point, I'm so used to stuff like Common Rider, where there's, like, a billion of them, and I can't keep them straight. That Well, but Common Rider, there's still basically one main one per series. Yeah, but, like, the ones we watched, there were still, like, 
they were throwing a lot of dudes at us. Yeah, but a lot of those were like ones from previous series too, where it's like, hey, check it out. Here's uh, this other common. Ra- Here's Phase showing up. Anyway, I'm not done uh, with weird information about Arrow the Acrobat. There's, there's more here. You're saying it that way. That weird information. Weird, wild stuff. Now, did you know yeah. this about Arrow the Acrobat? Yeah, did you know that... Oh no, here's my Did You Know Gaming segment. Did you know <laughs> that Arrow the Acrobat was based on Namco's Mappy? Yes, I did. Okay. It's weird that you would know that, but all right. Uh, which is uh, another game, though, that I swear we have talked about on this podcast because everything is cylindrical on this show. Cyclical. Everything loops back together. Uh, we didn't talk about it in depth or anything, but I think you just mentioned Mappy at one point. And yeah. I was like, yeah, Mappy is, I did. is a bird. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned it, I think, in the Mario Brothers episode where we mostly uh, talked about the Mario Brothers movie. You should go back and listen to that if you haven't already. Oh, you uh, much like episode. how this episode is ostensibly about Arrow the Acrobat, but it's mostly me getting angry and then us talking about Burt Ward's dog food and Power Rangers. <laughs> go look at the Burt Ward dog food, though, because it's so good. <laughs> It's so fucking bad. It's so good, though. The Arrow the Acrobat of dog food. Uh, the Super Mario so, Brothers, the movie of dog food. <laughs> Is that it's actually really good? Yeah. Mm. So, a uh, bit of development history about the game as well. Uh, this was originally intended for the Nintendo Entertainment System uh, before they collectively, collectively realized it was 1992. <laughs> And that there were other systems out, for Christ's sake. Really snuck up on them. Yeah. Oh, whoa, shit. 92 already? Genesis has been out since 89? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, they also were going to port it to the Jaguar. Uh, but that crap show of a system was given the mercy of actually not having Arrow the Acrobat on it, which is kind of amazing, considering Jaguar's library looked like. Yeah, there are, what, like eight games for it? Barely even that. Uh, the games that came out for it, I would even hesitate to call video games. <laughs> Which has the better library, the Jaguar or the uh, 32X? I mean, actually, say the 32X. The thing with the Jaguar is a lot of those games just straight up feel like they're not done. Yeah. Like, the 32X, say what you will about like the quality of the games on that system, they're not good, but they actually feel like someone made a video game. Also, at least with 32X, you have a regular like Genesis controller. It's not that weirdo thing yeah. the Jaguar had with the numpad in the middle. Yeah, plus it makes like your Genesis look stupid in like a really great way. Yeah. The, the Genesis at its peak is when you have stacked a 32X and a Sega CD onto that thing and just made a... God. It looked like a toilet obelisk. Yeah. Uh, also, for ideal stackability, you also need to have Sonic and Knuckles, and then a like a Game yes. Genie on it, and then also I, another game. I'm not super interested in the Genesis Mini, but I do like that in some regions, and unfortunately not ours. You can just buy a bunch of that crap to stack on it. It doesn't do anything, but you can like hook it up and make it look real dumb. Yep. Like that's that's great. Um. Uh, you brought up Crash Bandicoot earlier in this episode. What if I told you that Crash Bandicoot also loops into Arrow the Acrobat lore? I did not mention Crash Bandicoot. You mentioned Crash Team Racing. Oh, okay. 
sure so yes you did <laughs> i know it's easy to get lost in this episode because it's a disaster but it's well i was thinking specifically crash bandicoot but okay uh these the arrow games were actually so successful that when universal got the rights to arrow they actually had considered making him their mascot in the same way that he was the mascot of sunsoft and the only thing that stopped this from happening is crash bandicoot came into existence yeah Everyone loves so, him. Just like everyone loves Arrow the Acrobat. No. Thanks, Crash. Thank you, Crash. Thanks, but Dr. The thing Cortex. About Arrow was wrong. Um, and so, like, the, kind of where I wanted to go with just all these facts about, like, Saban tried to do something with this. Uh, Universal tried to do something with this. They tried to do something on the Jaguar. Uh, what? I, I, I love how many people got their hands in Arrow and was like, we really got something here, and then thankfully didn't do fuck with it. It's weird, there was never a three. Really. Like, it was so just there, the two, almost, and then that's it. There almost was. So David Siller uh, is the guy who created Arrow the Acrobat, along with his son, uh, who's a character designer named Justin. Uh, Justin Siller. And... Uh, David has on? the rights to Arrow at this point, and they did like that, uh, like a Game Boy Advance version of it. And uh. they were going to do a Game Boy Advance version of two, and then it never came. But he's so, this is why I'm really hoping that us talking about this doesn't result in something. Is I've been reading interviews with David Siller on websites that care to bring him in and talk about Arrow the Acrobat, and he said that. He really wants to do an Arrow the Acrobat 3. It's just contingent on there being people asking for an Arrow the Acrobat. And because we're now in a point in time where you're able to make a new Bubsy, I'm very concerned that they could theoretically do an Arrow the Acrobat 3. Remember when they tried to make the new Boogerman? Tried to kickstart that and uh, that didn't work. Sure. But also, like, Arrow the Acrobat has been around enough that I can kind of see that maybe actually working out. Like, the fact that it did well back in the day and that people wanted to do things with it and then better things came along and that was the only thing that stopped them. Like, it's weird to me that Arrow the Acrobat is in a way viewed as, like, a commodity, like an IP that you would actually want to have. Right, instead of just, like, a horrible burden an albatross around the neck yes. of anybody who would touch it. Exactly. I mean, it's David Siller's cross to bear, but also I don't think anyone's like judging him for that because apparently people like and want Arrow. Uh, hey, uh, what I, other games has Justin Siller done character designs for? Do you have that information? I'm glad you asked. Because oh. I actually have a copy of Justin Siller's resume. Excellent. Yes, because uh, he has a website uh, that... Uh, the the interview uh helpfully linked to uh i i don't want to sit here in judgment of what justin has done um but his website is not good is uh, it uh, brought to you by squarespace i think it's more like brought to you by geocities uh i'm going to just i'm trying to like look through his resume and see what he's uh worked on here uh, he worked on dragon's lair 3d uh, he wrote uh, cinemas and created concept art for the new game characters. Uh, he initially worked to create the original design document and lead design meetings, uh, and later functioned as a lead level designer training junior level designers. Wait, in what? 
Uh, Dragon's Lair 3. Oh, okay. I mean, I would think Don Bluth is the character designer for that. I would think so too, but apparently, like, it sounds like he was designing characters that got added to that version of the game, which I was not aware of them actually adding anything. Oh, right. Okay, yes. That's the one that's like, uh, it's like a Tomb Raider style thing. Oh. Okay. That was like cell shaded. It sucked. Yeah. So he he did the new characters for that game. Okay. Um, he worked on uh let me see here he was an associate producer and designer of tommy thunder uh tommy level maps and game flow um i don't know what as a liaison between management and creative teams which is a nice way to say i was a supervisor i don't know what tommy thunder is but when i think about it for some reason my mind just conjures up a johnny bazooka tone he worked on hercules online adventure uh, for the Sony PlayStation in 97. I'm, I'm that hoping that is actually based on the Kevin Sorbo Hercules. I'm Hercules not, I'm not Online sure. Adventure? Hercules Online Adventure. He was an associate producer and designer. I know of Herc's Adventure, which is not based on the Kevin Sorbo one. Oh, good news. He worked on Boogerman for the Super Nintendo. All right. Great. <laughs> <laughs> he managed internal QA efforts to port it over to the SNES. It's cylindrical, as you would say. Yes, that's right. It all loops back in. Um, he worked on Earthworm Jim Special Edition. Okay. Uh, he managed coordination and development with internal marketing and QA. Uh, also, I like how this is where you list what you did on a resume and it just says game received editor's choice gold award in the industry publication egm you wouldn't put that there but okay also it's just like that's the pc port i think uh sega cd oh sega cd okay there might be a pc port of that same version i would assume there is as i think that's the one that's on gog uh, he worked no on way. Casper for the so 3DO, actually, isn't uh, PlayStation, that, and Sega Saturn. Isn't that um, the one that has like the extra really terrible Peter Puppy level? I th- think I think it's in there, but also that was like from the Genesis version. Oh, okay. I think that one's based on the Genesis version. Of that game. I only played the Super Nintendo one back in the day. I know in recent versions I've looked up, I think the GOG one has that level, so... <laughs> And then, uh, of course, the other stuff on here would be Arrow the Acrobat, number two, and then Zero the Kamikaze Squirrel, which uh, Zero is Arrow's... Uh, That's the one I was his... talking about. Yeah. When I it's said... Of... When we we were talking about KO's Flying Squadron, and I said, I thought that was a game with a squirrel in it, and you're like, I don't know any games with squirrels. What are you talking about? That's it. That's the one I was thinking of. It all falls back <laughs> on each other. <laughs> you idiot. Ten historical one... <laughs> episodes looping around like a Mobius strip. You're the one that was, like, you're the expert on Genesis games and stuff. And I say like, <laughs> it was a game about a flying squirrel. I don't know anything more than that. It was something kind of like Ko, and it turns out it's Zero. And you were just there like, oh, the flying Kamikaze squirrel wasn't on the Genesis. That was the Super Nintendo game. Oh, uh, whatever. Wait, was it? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I did not play Zero, and it's not on this this list. And part of why it's not on this list is because I finished the Arrow the Acrobat games, and I said enough is enough. And I put my foot down, and I drew a line. Yes, it was on Genesis. So, 
Before we wrap this episode up, I should actually, because I've been shitting on Arrow the entire time, explain exactly what I do not like about this game. Or Zero the Kamikaze Squirrel, by the way, uh, which was we rated MA13. We we mentioned how like the, the levels are very maze like and just ignore and, me. It's okay. No, we're gonna. I, I Never mind. Go ahead. No, no, no. Tell me. No. No, you already no. Sure. I just said zero. The Kamikaze Squirrel was rated MA thirteen because it's that edgy. Oh damn! That's right. I, I mean, you drop the believe... doctor off of his tower at the end of Era One, and presumably he dies. It's higher rating than uh, Castlevania Bloodlines, which I believe is just like the GA rating, even though that has like that dog that gets cut in half and turned inside out or whatever. No, I'm pretty sure that's Parasite Eve. Just like pulses. Uh, yeah, it's Bloodlines. A dog, it like its yeah. guts, like pulsate. Yeah, no, there's Bloodlines is a good gross game. Um, but like only in that first level. Like after that, they stop. I don't know what the deal is with that. Like it has the zombies that gush out blood when you kill them, and then that boss, and then after that, like the rest of the game's just like there's kind of nothing in it. It's weird. Oh, uh, but yeah, the, you you mentioned too the the sort of diagonal aspect of it, um, but also just like the game is very slippery in general. Like it just has this sort of weight and momentum to arrow that feels off, uh, which I guess is like kind of a byproduct of it being based on Mappy. But for a game where you're kind of trying to do as tight of platforming as you are, it just feels very gross and like that you never have enough control over what direction you're actually going in. Uh, so trying to like navigate your way through these massive levels and try to find these exits or complete these tasks that are just frustrating to deal with anyway because navigation is an issue. It just feels awful. Um, and then like I I remember from playing the game like it does it kind of gets better as it goes along, but just ah oh, Jesus it it feels like hot trash. And then Arrow the Acrobat 2, it strips away all of those kind of objective-based things, and it just makes it more of a traditional platformer where you're trying to get from start to finish. Uh, and, like, it almost entirely drops the circus theme, too, which is weird. Like, the levels are just, like, you go to Russia at one point, and you storm, like, a Russian military base. Like, it's bizarre. Sure, why not? Hashtag resist. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there's like stuff with Arrow, like snowboarding or something too, isn't there? Yeah, there there was a snowboarding level in Arrow: The Acrobat too. Of course. Um, uh, it was actually given three months more development time, uh, the second game, and so like they used that to kind of like adjust the difficulty of it, and like mm -hmm. I think that actually shows like Arrow: The Acrobat two is better than one. It controls moderately better. Uh, not having to deal with the like mission objectives makes it. A lot less frustrating to sit down and play it all in one sitting like i did because i wanted to get it over with um not that long ago like, um I, I was watching games done quick things and i i think i actually mentioned this before that i was watching one for arrow the acrobat 2 and the game just like soft locked and just glitched like the character disappeared or maybe it just like yeah. didn't load the next level i think that was it yeah Extra that game has time bad paid Tasha. Off. It has what? That game has bad Tasha. Ta Tasha? Bat Tasha is oh, uh, Arrow oh, the Acrobat's yes. love interest in the second game. And right. you should look up a picture of that if you're listening to this podcast. Just B-A-T. No, 
T-A-S-H-A. Do not. Don't look at that. You'll Turn do bad the safe search off. No, no, definitely don't do that. <laughs> oh, it's the most hideous character design in like a series that already just has some really grotesque designs to it. I mean, it's basically... It's just Arrow, but if he got stretched out on a rack and given a boob job. It's just like a precursor to Rouge from Sonic Adventure. Kinda, yeah, but just... Again, like the ugliest art style like i think rouge looks fucking disgusting too they put tits on that bat it's gross and wrong but like there is just something about the like carnival caricature aspect of bat tasha that is unnerving god the arrow games are terrible would you recommend Arrow the Acrobat? No, I would not. Uh, I mean, do you have anything to add about the, the way that those games play or your experiences? No, not really. Uh, I remember... So you throw the stars as a weapon, right? Yes. And they don't they, like hover up and down kind of once you throw them and sometimes they can just like go over enemies heads i want to say that sounds right i i know that when i played the game i kind of really didn't fuss around with that because it felt just wrong and wonky and imprecise and so i mostly just attacked enemies with like the diagonal drill yeah which also was bad just it felt more precise than throwing the stars okay I would also not recommend either of these two games. It, it is completely baffling to me that these games performed well. It is baffling to me that it was critically well received in the in the day. It is baffling to me that people viewed it as a hot property. And it is frustrating to me that David Siller is saying things like, uh, let's see, I have the quote here. I have constantly been working on sequels as well as other themed extensions of this franchise like puzzle versions, pinball minigames, and classic shooters all in the world of amusement entertainment. Maybe if there was some demand from the gamers and virtual console customers, Sunsoft would commission me to make newer versions of the ongoing saga. Arrow the Acrobat's a funnier character than we've ever had before, said David (laughs) Seller. That Tasha is the key to all of this. That's right. God, please, David, don't make another error of the acrobat. We've we've made so many things happen with this podcast just by talking about them, and I am genuinely fearful that another error of the acrobat is going to get announced on like the next Nintendo Direct or some shit. I thought you were going to say, don't make another one. We've suffered enough. Yeah, like, actually, I have. I sat down and I played all these to completion, and it has stuck with me like a stain on my soul. Well, that's your fault. It is my fault. But David also did this to me. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Good, good, Good luck on the job market, Justin. Would you recommend either of these games? No, no, no. I wouldn't either. I'd recommend taking a bath with a toaster before playing these games. I'd recommend eating like a whole bowl of Burt Ward's dog food. 
At least that would like make you feel virile and unstoppable. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, dinosaurs. It's Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer. Remember that one?